You're listening to Music Mythology. My name is Sam Romo, and let's talk about some music. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, man, I'm ready. I'm excited, man. This is uh, this is an album that I listened to. I want to say around like 2010, 2011, which was like my first year introduction to like hip hop and rap, which was when I was in media tech and all that. Um, and, and it was kind of an, a self, uh, explored thing. Like I had a lot of people in that class, like, you know, show me the, the roots of hip hop, show me the current, like, you know, people like, you know, Kanye and Kid Cudi, but they showed me like older stuff from the nineties and stuff, uh, like public enemy. And I mean, all it, this, everybody, Wu Tang, uh, but then when someone showed me most deaf, uh, I'd realized I had seen him before. Um, I was familiar with him before, but nowhere near in the scope of, of, of this type of work. It was actually as an actor and he was in uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. He plays Ford, the, uh, the alien that gives the main character, Arthur, like a heads up to the planet about to be destroyed and all this stuff. What year was that one? That would have been like 2008, I think, 2007. So that was late into his acting, though, because by that, yeah. he'd already done, like, the Italian job was before that. But this, I'm in eighth grade. One. Yeah, yeah. No, so, so for just, sure. yeah, just <laughs> the awareness. I'm in eighth grade. So, <laughs> so when, when I see Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, all, all I knew was my dad was like, this is a great book, you know, that they turned into a movie with a, an all star cast. And I was like, okay, cool. And we watch it. And it has a ton of people in it, you know, John Malkovich and Zoe Deschanel and all sorts of random people. But then he plays the alien, he plays Ford. And uh, I loved his character. I mean, in the book, he's a great character, but in the movie, he does an excellent yeah. job. No, he does. And, um, and so when I started to get into hip-hop and, and, and I started to see the name Most Deaf and Talib Kweli because they're, they're intertwined for the most part in the beginning, and, and uh, at least to my familiarity, and then I started looking into his individual work because I leaned into him more, I realized, like, oh, I've seen this guy before. <laughs> I was like, this isn't the guy. I was not expecting that. This is not. This is a totally different person in my mind. Um, but he was but the, the original childish Gambino. Yeah. Which in in looking into this album, you know, I found out that his uh, first acting job was with Cosby. That he had like a spinoff show. It wasn't. It wasn't quite his first, but yeah, it or was. Or like one of his big roles. I think one of the most interesting. The show was um, the Cosby Mysteries. Did you look into it at all? I mean, a I tiny want, bit. I, I mean, want to find an episode. It's just <laughs> the the whole setup of it has seemed so ridiculous. Like Cosby is playing a like a private detective. Yeah. Who's like a retired <laughs> police detective who wins the lottery, but then still like wants to solve crimes. <laughs> And somehow, like, uh, well, most deaf, or he's like billed as his sidekick. Yeah. In the recaps, but I don't know what that means because he's not even like in all of the episodes. So I don't know how he's, whatever. It just seems like very random. <laughs> this is like You're post like, get, Cosby show. Get Cosby in there and we'll, we'll see what sticks. <laughs> and what's funny is like when I was reading about that, it's like, it's so it's post Cosby show where like you'd think he would have you know, free reign of everything. Mm. But he had like two failed shows like right after oh. Cosby. One was like a, um, a spinoff-ish with Malcolm Jamal Warner. Mm. And the other one, he was like a game show host, but they both did terribly. And then this was his hmm. like, I want a true crime show that's not super gritty, but you know, whatever. But it's still <laughs> Cosby. 
I don't know. It had That's some. That's so random. It had Rita Moreno in it too. <laughs> but yeah, just very random. When I looked that up, and I was like, he he was an actor. I'm like, oh, I know he's an actor because that's how I know him. But then yes. it's like, this is where he got his start. I'm like, wow, that's random. There's that one, and then like right in between when he really started acting, um, he does this like uh, Visa card commercial with Dion Sanders. Oh really? Wow, yes. man, it's still super YouTube, random. It's super great. <laughs> he's like, um, I'm trying to think of even the character. He's just like a super annoying, like, he's a checkout guy. Like, it's at some store or whatever. Mm. And Deion Sanders is using his visa. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's prime time. It's really you. It's you in person. Like, it's totally <laughs> over the top, most deaf, like, excited. And then he's like, oh, I still need ID. And he just, like, stops. But that's, like, his whole thing. It's just so funny to see, like, as chill as most F is in like every other instance, yeah. him to be up and excited like that yeah. is so weird. Well, that's what's funny. Like watching Hitchhiker's Guide, like in retro, like like after like capturing him as like you know who he really is, and like watching that again, being like, oh wow, this is so funny. And it's like you killed it. It's like, but yeah, it's like you you're yeah. a great actor too. No, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so he's apart from himself. Yeah, he's definitely an, a, a great artist. So continue on, I guess. So 2010, that's when you first got it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was when I kind of first caught any type of hip hop bug just because it wasn't in it wasn't in my circle, it wasn't in my in my sphere. Yeah. You know, I mean, parents of preachers, I didn't listen to non-secular music till I was 13, you know. So, um, I mean, like Motown and other stuff. But I mean, like the, the the out there things, you know. Oh, yeah. No, this would be a, unvetted. a deep dive for yeah. Texas rap anyway. Um, so I'm trying to think. I don't know exactly when I heard this album the first time, but it was pretty close. So I would have been, uh, well, it was Miss Fat Booty was like everywhere. Yeah. So um, like I had probably like four mixed CDs of different stuff that had that track on it at some mm. point in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was probably like 2000 or 2001, I would say, um, when I was really into this record and, you know, could go through each of the ones, like even re-listening for this, um, I was just amazed at how much I had memorized. And then, of course, I mm. dipped back into Black Star and was listening to that again. I was like, oh gosh, it was just like back to back. It's so crazy how yeah. much he put out and how like one, well, you know, we'll talk about when we get into the other tracks, but like all the people that are on here. Yeah. It's like this is his debut album, technically, mm-hmm. or I guess solo debut. Right. But it's like he's already like 20 years into rapping, well, he ha- you know, he has like a all community the that he knows. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's so crazy how connected it was and just like even his voice like for what he's talking about and how he's talking about it is so much beyond what a debut album typically sure. like holds or whatever yeah and um, any extent of like how prolific he was that he was i mean constantly writing constantly working in all yeah. these other groups by the time he had been you know done this and just I kind of acted like what you just said that he he's been doing this. I mean, for like decades, and he was a pro, you know. Yeah. But he was only like, what? He was like in his early twenties. Yeah, twenty six. Yeah. yeah. Or mid twenties. Yeah. So yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, he carries himself like a like a pro. I mean, like someone who's just been who who's been through the circuit, you know, a bunch. But he's 
relatively like new, but just like he's very self-aware, very yeah. knows who he is. And it's also like, I mean, and obviously all throughout this album, it's all about Brooklyn, but it is very like New York centric and thinking about that and just like realizing how like many people live in these different neighborhoods, but sure. then how they all like knew each other, like, well, they it's, were so it's a very, close to each other. well, it's like this, this album is really interesting because it, it, it speaks to, to like strong character, like strong character when you're promoting or representing your culture, whatever that could be. Cause I mean, this touches on so many different themes, but it's just such a, a strong uh, promoter of like being self-aware and, and, and knowing kind of like what your mission is. Like, I don't know. It, it's just such a, a it's such a, a piece of work that everything he does, it, it's, it's very conscious. It's very self-aware of what you're doing. It's not just a, a, a line that you would want to say. Everything has like has mm. purpose or reference, which, which gives you social, um, um, well, I mean, I don't want to just be repetitive, but it gives you social reference. So it's not just he's he's telling you something that's uh, a, a media reference, but it's you can use it. Like you know, he he, he quotes pieces of work, whether it's one line or not, oh, yeah. or a paragraph or a stanza. It's like he's giving you something that if you look into it, it's even further yeah. than what he's Obviously just using it for. And and it, and it, I don't know. And that that's what makes it such a great piece of work because uh, like what we said that this this show this episode particularly could go on for a long time because if you really want to break it down there's just so much that he condenses into this piece of work that it's just i don't know a, a lot of it is a call to 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 um the character that he's grown up around and what's made him him but it's also just kind of a general theme i mean like habitat where are saying like it's not uh, uh, where you? Uh, oh my God! What's the catchphrase? Catch line? Uh, it's not where, it's not where, where you're from. from. It's where it's you're like at, mm-hmm. and just and just showing that that you know he might be able to uh, 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 put down uh, a scope of you know just talking about Brooklyn and all the complexities and problems and and, and what have you, but but then he also keeps it inclusive. You know, it's it's a, mm. it's a very interesting yeah, yeah. approach because it's not like you don't know this life. This is just. That's you know, true. This part, yeah. It's like he also you know, bookends it with habitat and other themes of saying, um, like you can come along too. Exactly. Well, keeping to the uh, which is a lesson from Medrick Greeley, the uh, guy on my uh, uh, gentleman from my last show, is the uh, the four principles of hip hop, which is peace, love, unity, and having fun, and it, and it speaks to that 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 it's a very promoting, mm-hmm. it's a very promotive. What I don't know how to word that. You know, it just it promotes. It keeps you. Uh, expressive and 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 included it's inclusive you know and and that's one thing about a theme about this album that i felt like i, I really made wanted to make sure to address those four the principles of hip-hop that it really it handles that very well and it key it, it really embodies that and keeps it on this open-ended like plane of like there's complexities and hardships and and all sorts of things but if you're in the mix like that's that you're paying your due and and you're work as long as you're working on yourself you know yeah. and it, i don't know i mean i i know we haven't even gotten into it but it's i don't know this album has a, a general theme like i just feel like that's that's such a cool like a way to uh, approach many themes that he approaches but it's very open-ended yeah. and as someone that like um like I'm forgetting. Did you say it was a did, that you sent me that that rubric of the the professor oh, who's, yeah. who's teaching hip hop? 
Yeah. Uh, what what school was that at? Was that at Harvard oh, or was gosh, that at? No, it wasn't. Uh, now I have to search text messages for that. But but the the prof a professor is doing a, a course on the history of hip hop, you know, in, including the 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 first track, um, uh, "Fear Not of Men," and 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 just just it it, it just. I love that you sent me that because it reminded me of this album and it reminded me of, of how much this album really pinpoints, you know, such significant moments. And, but I, I again, kind of keeps it welcoming, keeps it open-ended like, like, like one of the best history books written and it's approachable, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and that, that's what some of the most stellar artwork that will ever be made. will will keep it stellar is it's approachable. He's and at, he's at Auburn. Auburn. Okay. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, I, I think that's awesome. Like, and, and to, to speak to that and that the professor would lead off with a, a work from, from this album. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think it is also kind of like, uh, you know, it's his little opus as he <laughs> starts. Um, yeah, that first track, fear not a man, it kind of sets up even with like, you know, the prayer like that. Yeah, part opens up each kind of Islamic, I guess, like chapter or meditation in Islam. Like they all kind of start with this. Sort yeah, of thing and it's like a it's like a blessing, starts. like a phrase. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's interesting that you know, like he doesn't misrepresent anything about himself it's like all kind of right there as he's throwing it out with his faith and with his questions and with his like anger or disappointment it's all right there and it's right here in that first song too really like yeah. you get a lot <laughs> that's going on yeah and and i love that the first track there, there's a lot of producers on this entire album but there's key there's key songs <laughs> there's key songs like fear not of men umi says where he does a majority of the production and and yeah. and, it, and it kind of um i don't want to say it plays out where you can feel that way but you can if you look at it and you read the credits you can kind of tell that he he held an importance about that these are key yeah you know this is familial to me this is representative i read um this thing of it was a i think it's actually on genius.com they talked to producers that were involved with yeah it like 20 years later mm. um for the original 20th anniversary which i guess was what 19 um yeah 99 so they um they were talking about how yeah he was involved at every step and it was um what psycho less or um who was kind of like the engineer like oh yeah well you know most stuff was telling him to mm -hmm. do or whatever um and they were saying like he was real particular like it wasn't necessarily easy to work with him <laughs> yeah because he had such a vision of what he wanted and how he wanted to include this or include that and how it was going to happen um like even that um brooklyn song where there's two different things yeah like <laughs> that was not the original <laughs> yeah stylings but when it came down to it i guess that's you know just what he wanted and yeah. the artist wanted what he wanted and if he's the producer then he can make it happen like yeah. you don't need to be in the studio that day if you don't want to hear it <laughs> well and i mean the fact that there's how many how many tracks are there because i know i, I give a unconfident so number I think there is 16 i think no, there's 17 17 there's 17 so 
the fact that if you would have broken Brooklyn into three tracks, you would have ended up with 19 tracks for a, a, so a single album. That would have, if it was still staying to, you know, vinyl LPs, I mean, that would have been a potential triple, you know, double LP, depending on how he played it. But it's like, it's, that's, that's a lot of tracks. <laughs> yeah. And so I can sure. see why they might've melded that one into, into so, but one. I also think like, so there's a lot of, ways where this isn't like a debut project you know but then that's some ways where it is where it's like i'm getting this shot right like i'm throwing everything at this like everything needs to be perfect and i feel like that's true like debut energy yeah 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 no no no. we're gonna do this yeah because they were saying it was like a year and a half or something like to finalize the tracks like they Mm. had mostly everything yeah and they were just yeah i saw that yeah doing different things with the sounds or whatever and that process took you know not unlike a kanye where it's like no 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 no, no. we're not ready we're not ready yeah but you know he didn't announce it already well and also back then you Well, sure. Well, and also <laughs> nowadays, someone like Kanye can like release, you know, like I'll, I'll use Life of Pablo as an example. He can release that, and then a month later, say, "I'm gonna fix Wolves," and then he'll just replace the streaming file with the new one, and then so no one will wild. ever hear the original one again. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like that didn't happen back then. Back then, yeah, it's yeah. like you'd you'd work, you flesh it out, and then once it's done, you'd cut it, you'd rip it, and then now it's on CD. It's it's For sure. it's gonna get For distributed, sure. and then it's done. But but. uh but no, the it, it it it's awesome though that he was he was involved um, and 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 like I said already, like just so prolific. I mean, like the 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 because he works with um, his lyric the lyricism credits. You know, it's, it's him and uh, uh, and Kennedy, right? Like back and forth mm-hmm. sometimes, and and like uh, and and the thing. Like I mean, I mean, I mean, we can start it. We can start it with the first one, um, digging in the fear not a man. Um, just that this is the opening line. I love how he breaks down that that, that yeah, twenty first century is coming. Twenty or twenty first century is coming. Twentieth century is almost done. A lot of change. Uh, a lot of things have changed. A lot of things have not. Um, it it it's just I don't know. Again, to me, I listened to this in two thousand ten. So it's like thinking, don't dialing it back. And and thinking about, I mean, because he references a lot of things in this album that were uh, unknown. I mean, like 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 Y two K, like making that reference. I mean, this 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 album came out in October of '99. So even when it came out, there was still this, you know, uncertainty. <laughs> yeah. <And> so, <laughs> if you weren't, let's see, what were you? You were barely cognizant of the millennium that uh, whole thing. I mean, when this came out, I mean, I was seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like Y2K was so, it was so hyped, you know, like you could make any sort of statement like, oh, the world's going to change at the millennium, like everything's going to be different. Yeah. (laughs) So I liked, I liked that that was more the, the chill reference of it. Yeah. (laughs) like 21st coming (laughs) and this one's almost done. We got some things. It's all right. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is a much more leisurely like approach to like. 200 years of potential history or yeah. 100 years of potential history and 100 years of already made history <laughs> yeah, no, and moving sure. on um but but i also love the the next the uh, uh set of lyrics where he's talking about the the state of hip-hop you know and 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 where, where's hip-hop going and and explaining it where it, well it's going where we're going 
Um, it keeps it as simple as, you know, if we're going to smoke out, if we're going to smoke, then I guess in hip hop, we're smoking out. If we're going to wear this, then I guess we're wearing that in hip hop now and where you're going, hip hop's going. Um, you know, I, I like to kind of also extrapolate that as a musical, like cultural structure to almost any form of music to any uh, body of people that would feel, you know, a uh, uh, relation to it. And just to realize like, you know, that it's no, it's not just a, 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 it's not just guidelines that you have to follow, you know, whatever music is. It's not just what, what hit 50 years ago. It's not just what made, made sense 50 years ago. You know, it, it's ever evolving. And, and to look at music as a, a full on culture, you know, nowadays, I mean, that's why you have artists who are, I mean, like Kanye West, Erica Badu, all these people who have clothing lines and yeah. marketplaces of their own that it's not just this musical piece and it's like it, it's evolved past that i didn't just make my hits uh, uh did my tour dates and moved on uh and now i'm embodying you know a brand i'm i'm fitting a culture For and sure. and i'm fitting to something that's you know relative to you and uh uh and and, and it and at this point, I know he's touching on it as because it, it is a cultural movement. But, you know, I'm putting in the terms of like now it's even stronger. I mean, like like anything, um, it, it's evolved um, and, and, and to these online marketplaces and these these um, social media networks where, I mean, it, it, you are hip hop, you are whatever uh, cultural you want to be as long as you're involved in it. And that's why I kind of touched on those four principles of hip hop where it is inclusive, you know, it is whatever you're doing. That's, that's what it is. You know, he's not, doesn't have this, you know, exclusionary, you know, famine mentality of like, I'm hip hop, you know, or like, you know, he doesn't lord over it. He doesn't carve it out and say like, you don't know what you're doing. He keeps it more on the inclusive side, which is, I don't know. I think that's, that's, that's like one of the most beautiful ways to handle music. Cause music's just articulation. It's just yeah. ex expression. And to numb that or to dumb that down on anyone is not, not right and i think his approach to it is one of the most you know, earnest like genuine approaches to promoting a, a healthy culture you know what i mean no that's yeah that's true that's a little i guess differently than how i was thinking about it um well what's kind of funny is like so he kind of he does downplay this and then well he downplay like talking about hip-hop as something that's separate right you know like it's just us it's it's whatever we're doing it's what we're doing mm. and like the next track is <laughs> him talking about hip-hop and what it's doing and where it's at mm. you know? oh yeah yeah so it's like oh you were kind of saying you were different or above this like don't ask me a question about hip-hop but then i'm gonna give you my opinion on it anyway <laughs> in a different track but i think like i mean and especially in new york like there was just a lot of question as to what it was going to become, mm. you know, like, cause well, 96, like they had that whole big thing and it's a big part of black star where they're talking about Tupac and Biggie. And that was kind of the whole conversation around rap for a while. Yeah. And then you had like a continued kind of ascension of P Diddy and that kind of like super commercial glitzed out yeah. rap. But 99 was like a weird year for rap. I was looking at some of the artists that had um, albums come out. And so you had actually, there was another, biggie album it was like oh before it was 99 yeah it was like 
I mean, it was like scraps, but it was it was still an album that came out from him and P. Diddy's trying to make money off it. You had um, The Chronic. Um, oh, yeah, that was like 99. Still DRE. Yeah. There was Slim Shady came out with one. Mm. Um, Outcast were about to like come up. Uh, Back That Ass Up was like half of the summer. So you had like yeah. you know, No Limit, that whole like genre craziness and that's all within you know what people are calling hip-hop and saying like well where what yeah is what's this? next <laughs> yeah because yeah. none of them are really like the same to go from yeah. like gangster rap to even like within the same crew you have p diddy and <laughs> it's like what yeah and then just dancing rap from south and all that other stuff and then whatever slim shady was doing at that time it's <laughs> like okay <laughs> so i think that's where all of that questions and conversation had you know, kind of become, it's like mainstream, but it's this like really weird thing right now. Yeah. And so everybody was kind of like, well, what is this? What are you, da, 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 da. Yeah. you can tell that he's kind of annoyed in like getting that question. Yeah. But then that's why it's funny. The next track is like, well, I'm gonna tell you what I think. About. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that, that also, that, that fits a good, like, like healthy approach to anyone who's going to be communicative and observant and articulate what they see is they're going to be open-ended be like this is how i see music but i don't know but then if you ask like a, yeah. a strict interview <laughs> but what is music <laughs> like well if you're really going to ask me this is how i see it yeah, we're going to get into it you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> no totally but i do like the song a lot yeah it's a great track i love i love the call because because like what, what we already touched on his um the roots of his, like his religious roots and that the, the, um, fear not of man is, a uh, Islamic, uh, like understanding that you don't, you don't feel fear of fellow men. You only have fear of God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and the, the touch on, um, where was that? Um, I mean, like he touches on stuff that's even more blown out nowadays. Uh, if you want if you want to compare when he talks about um, the power of of a society or a government wanting trying to be God, you know, you got a lot of societies and governments trying to be God, wishing that they were God. They want to create satellites and cameras everywhere and make you think that they they got the all seeing eye. <laughs> well, nowadays it's 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 even more obvious than that. It's <laughs> oh, yeah. now you got the you got the cameras in your pocket. You know, you got the because <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, he mentions that like you have cell phones. Yeah. And they want to listen to 40 people, 40 percent, which is like, wow, there was a time where only 40 percent of the population yeah. had cell phones. Like, yeah, just and, trying to think about that. It's like, oh, well, uh, and I'm, I'm not even thinking about like the microphone component. I'm thinking about how, how just how far our cameras, you know, have evolved. Right. <laughs> be like it's not right. just pixels moving around the backgrounds Like you can yeah. tell like you were with this person <laughs> well yeah yeah like that's that's a crazy thing to think about you know like you know him him talking about this concept of a, a, a digital or a technical all-seeing eye and it just being like laid bare nowadays like it's like what do you mean you you opt into that those are the terms and conditions no, for sure you know? <laughs> yeah you click it off and you go um but yeah on the faith thing like i was looking up um there's a lot of Muslim or, you know, Muslim influenced, inspired <laughs> rappers, you know, how mm, oh, sure. I'm going to judge how inherent or like actually, <laughs> you know, practicing anybody. Oh, is. Well, sure. But a lot of folks, I mean, like Lupe Fiasco was a big one. Busta right. Rhymes, who's on this one. Q-tip, yeah. They all claim 
some sort of Islamic, you know, faith experience or whatever. Um, so that's just kind of an interesting overlap too. Yeah, you don't see more of that in rap, even like, well, Kanye's ghostwriter for a while, Rhymefest, who had a good debut album himself. Um, he was Muslim, and I think that was one of the reasons that they actually stopped collaborating as much. Hmm. But interesting, yeah. In fact, in one of the songs, doesn't he uh, re- refer to Q-Tip as his his Muslim name, like most stuff in this album? I think he does. One oh. of those one of those tracks. I might not have caught that one. Um, cause I'm I'm blanking on his name. It's not Naeem. It's it's close to that. It's close to that. But um, but I think he does. Um, but you know, it, it is, it, but it's very respectful. Cause I think at this point he had been a Muslim for about like seven years or so, or, or longer than that. And I think yeah. it had been like 14 years or long. Cause I think he had been a Muslim since he was 13. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it, this is just a cool, it's, it's, it's a very confident, bold, open statement, you know, about what he is, but also yeah. what his culture is and what it could be and what it has been, you know, it's just such a, uh, uh, self kind of breakdown where you don't yeah. feel like he's, he's you know keeping things from you or being like but you'll never know what I'm talking about right. he's, he's laying it you know all bare and being like this is it witness you know um, but the the yeah that first track is a is a wicked opener and I love the the um, the, the the close um, to the chorus it's it's a very bold statement like of security where he says the the world is overrun with the wealthy and the wicked but God is sufficient in the posing of of affairs gunmen and stockholders try to merit my fear but God is sufficient over plans they prepared it's yeah. just a it's a I don't know it, it's a it's a confident mission statement you know I don't know it's just one of those it's a piece of work man that just as you dig further in you're just like, man, this one, this man put some work in. <laughs> this man was very self-aware and wanted to make sure that he got across, you know, these themes that, that yeah. showed, you know, what, what it meant to him to be a man um, or to be a, 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 a strong individual, yeah. put it like that. And I think one, so again, this is like that debut energy, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm getting this all out, but then it's also, I wonder how long he'd actually had some of these songs mm, like sitting on them. Yeah, yeah. To be like, Oh, we didn't. Cause there was a few places I read like, Oh, this was kind of left over from black star mm. or this was from like, he did a few things with Q-tip or native tongues know, or something. Yeah. Or yeah. Bush babies. Like they had um, a whole bunch of kind of opportunities of things. And you know, if he's saying he's writing just, four days on end all the yeah. time like that might leave you with a lot of stuff right <laughs> yeah yeah for sure like, oh this is good let me take this paragraph and you know put it over here or whatever which is very typical so it sounds more produced like yeah. over time it gets a lot better yeah exactly I've sat on this and i've had people react to this line well he's practiced line. it yeah he's <laughs> like, practiced okay. it like a comedian you know for you sure. play it and you're like oh people did not like how i sing that part so yeah i'll cut that out which i think <laughs> is also like a uh it's the technology thing, at least one way you can kind of see for hip hop that having that immediate like release or that edit power isn't always the best because you don't get that like just with like comedians with everything being on YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like now you're starting to see those clubs where they're like no phones, blah, blah, blah. Oh, right. Like, yeah. The comedian is working on stuff. It's like that used to be some hip hop shows when they would have freestyle moments or freestyle yeah. battles and be like this is just off the top this is not as polished but yeah this might move to a record at some point in it's time. just witness practice 
basically. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. That's a, but that's a thought on, on this of being like, it's so good. Like there's parts where it's like, man, how, how did you come up with this in like well, a span like, of <laughs> any amount of time? Well, it's like, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, let me see if I can catch it in my notes. If I look really fast, like mathematics, um, like who, I think DJ premier did that. Uh, produced that one, and originally I think it was Scarface that wanted the the beat, but mm. then most beat him to it because he wanted it too around the same time. But he had verses ready faster. Oh yeah. And so I I feel like that like mathematics would have been one of those ones where he was like, "This is that fucking holy yeah. grail. I'm just sitting on it, you know. I just waiting for that right fat beat that I yeah, like when I hear exactly. it. I'm like, whoa, man. And yeah, I'm sure in his head he was like. Yo, check it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's running through his, his bars in his oh, head and he's like, sure. oh, this is it. Give me that. <laughs> and then you beat him to it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah, like mathematics in Brooklyn. Like, they're just so, like, dense, you know? It's just like, or, or hip hop, you know? And they're, they're just loaded with references and such good content that I know he, it took, you know, a, a good, a good little bit to make this album, but. Yeah, I mean, he was ready. I mean, he was practiced and ready. Um, yeah, and it was very clear. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you want to move into the next track, sure. um, hip hop. Um, so one note I have this one is that on this one is that it samples multiple New York artists, um, references a lot of foundations of um, different uh, African American uh, works. Uh, I mean, it opens up with a line from a Spoonie G song from 79. Yeah. Uh, I mean, basically, where it just says, uh, you say one for the treble, one for the time. Come on, y'all. Let's rock this. <laughs> and then he, you know, he, but I love the line. I don't know. I, I know this is a reference to some other uh, poem, but I, I just love the, 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 the line itself where he says, speech is my hammer, bang the world into shape. Now let it fall. Uh, that, I don't know. That's such a... That's it. what a statement. Like, I don't know. Like, that's like, that's freaking like, I don't know. That's just an epic line. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it opens up an epic song. So it's done. It's, it's used properly. But it's just one of those lines where it's like, hell yeah. I mean, I would expect a, you know, a banger <laughs> to come after that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's, it, it, it's a cool track, man. It's full of a bunch of, you know, Brooklyn and, uh, New York references, a lot of uh, uh, native, uh, like Brooklyn slang. Um, yeah, no, for sure. There's a ton of Brooklyn slang. And like I said, like he goes into what he's thinking about hip hop. And obviously it comes like from that Brooklyn space, right? Um, I always liked the, uh, well, I did always like that line that I talked about um, the opening that my restlessness is my nemesis. It's hard to really chill and sit still. Committed to page, I write a rhyme. Sometimes won't finish for days. It's like it's such a good picture too of like how he writes because he was also doing. Um, he was like the host. I don't know if it was more than just like he had to show up and be there, but mm-hmm. he was the host for most deaf or uh, most deaf <laughs> deaf jam poetry jam. Oh yeah, that was on HBO for a while, right? Um, and he would come out and introduce each of the poets, and then yeah. they would. But I, yeah, I like sometimes he did like give some um, of his own poems, or he would do like a rhyme right yeah. out front. 
Well, because he was like the MC for that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I don't know, you know, if he had to prepare or anything, but like, oh well, shit, it seems like he thinking. was just sitting on like. <laughs> yeah, he was sitting on the stoop for a while. It was like thousands of hours. All right, but he's also like, you know, writing and listening to them. So it's like, oh, sure. you know, just constantly working at that and feeling, you know, what the culture is about. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you look at him in, in, I mean, like all the groups we just listed off, whether it's Native Tongues or Black Star or whatever. I mean, he was constantly in this state of, of, mm. of like what you said. I mean, there's a lot of things he references, the four days a week thing that just he's constantly writing. He's constantly working on his method, constantly pitting himself against other people um, and doing freestyles, you know, I mean, just trying to bust it out. I mean, just like a musician. I mean, I'm thinking about like in my terms, like a musician that would want to like test themselves would go out to an open uh, jam with other professional musicians mm-hmm. and see like, what can I improv? You know, yeah. I'm playing off of a jazz beat. Can I actually play this riff that I've been working on that I think is a blue structure, but can I fit it? Can I make it work? Yeah. You know, and then you're tested, you know, just like with him working in the lyricism over the, a, a different beat over a competing MC or whatever you're going to, you're going to handle. You're just sharpening your, your sword, you know? Oh yeah. And, and sure. I mean, that, that, that's why I think this is such a pivotal, uh, a landmark album is because this was someone who was, I mean, truly, I mean, dialed in, I mean, like as much as he could be and, and con- a continuing practicer, a practitioner of, of the rap trade, um, after this album. But at this point, this was like what you, what we've referenced already a couple of times. It's that debut energy. He, he, he knows this is the, uh, uh, um, tunnel vision is on most, you know, it's time mm-hmm. to ex- execute and it's time to, uh, uh, present and, um, yeah, I don't know. And like this album, um, just it's not only tying in the themes of his childhood, the themes of what's made him him, but also just referencing a lot of uh, American work that is relative to his experience of America. You know, like in this song, he references the 1940 novel uh, uh, Native Son. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll talk about uh, the, the native tongues, which is uh, what we already talked about, um, which for those who don't know, it was a, a, a hip hop collective uh between like the what late 90s and early uh, late 80s and early 90s and it had uh de la soul uh tribe tribe called quest jungle brothers yeah uh black sheep um black star and high tech yeah so reflection eternal like all those yeah (laughs) And, and then a few singers and things came in and that's and and that's basically where most got his start in the uh, like professional hip hop record world. If I'm not mistaken, was the '96 song uh, "Big Brother" beat by De La Soul. That's where he he had a, a line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, he 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 just he ties in the community. He's just so community minded in practice. You know, it's just I don't know. That's what's so awesome about this is it, it's it's a great example of 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 social networking and the um, don't need to date anything here, but in an older realm of networking where you're very in person, you're showing up to these events, you're mm-hmm. seeing so-and-so we're riffing off of each other. I'm going to read you my poetry. You read me your bars. Um, uh, Oh, you have a beat. Let me hear it. It, it was not a, 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 just stream it and I'll check it out. Just, just email it to me. It was very in person. Yeah. It was very no, personal. Be there, you come and listen. Yeah. And it was very community driven. It was, it was, I mean, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't just tribal. It wasn't just like, this is someone that likes what I like. It was, it was community in the sense of I give and I help and he gives and he helps. 
and and together we're stronger mm-hmm. you know it wasn't just i like this color and you like this color i like this person and you like this person we yeah. vote the same way no it was more than that we 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 have this work ethic passion driven type of you know life in mind and it's time to uh, collaborate you know and in person which yeah. is just different as there's a different you know, there's a different vibe for that and i think a lot of that was kind of built in through um the tribe how they were invested in by their record company initially mm. because and Q-tip, i think has talked about this a lot but he was like we had seen other deals happen and the record art like the record label just didn't care like mm. you were pure commodity like as long as you were a hit or whatever right but he said that for whatever reason when their record company first signed them they were like taking them to like different art shows and Mm. like taking them to museums so that they could get inspired by different things he was Mm. like it was a weird kind of experience to be kind of like put in these different places yeah but to see that and get new perspectives like for the sake of cultural exposure yeah, yeah and to improve the art and so i think like a lot of that you kind of see in those collectives to be like no we can all sort of learn something new and we yeah. can go forward and see what kind of voice or expression comes from that so yeah. it's really cool well and it's also awesome that in this track uh hip-hop that he doesn't just include references to people, um, but he includes references to people that have their own style, like what we, we, we're talking about. But mm-hmm. he also, you know, he'll use ad libs like uh, uh, I think it's towards the end. He he uses the Raekwon uh, ad lib, the 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 pow, you know, which is a, a Wu Tang thing. Yeah. Um, but which is I don't know. It's just it's just cool. It's more cohesion. He must really love that. Uh, <laughs> that cream out <laughs> like it pops oh the 36 chambers yeah it keeps <laughs> popping up yeah but i mean I, but hey i mean at this time it's like all throughout it well because this because he was making this in 98 so i mean this that album was only like two years old yeah. right so i mean oh, it was sure. like the, it was it, it was burning everyone's ears and and uh but i just love that because it's just like it, it's it's just like that cohesion where you're like hell yeah and it's like i don't know because you want to you want to picture that like a community you know where everyone's yeah. like yeah and I, well again it goes back to like i mean everybody was just right there like yeah they went to the same high school i think like he went to the same high school as like busta rhymes as notorious big as yeah. jay-z like all these guys in the same high school and i think it's just like the rival high school was the wu-tang clan and like Dipset. like all these guys are yeah. just within like blocks, blocks of each other, of each yeah. other. <laughs> it's like yeah. wow yeah <laughs> something had to happen with just all this talent like <laughs> your high school like there's all these people there you can just make something because there's just more people and more talent right concentrated yeah yeah that's uh, true madness it's like nobody came from my high school india Ari went to my high school for two years that's the only claim to fame i've got <laughs> that's it <laughs> nobody else from my high school has made it nationally like that i have there's so no. many from Nuggetville I no, can man. name, and I didn't even go to the school. <laughs> I mean, I know there's a handful. But anyway. <laughs> no, I like how, um, and so, yeah, it starts out with him, and then it gets into, like, the bigger hip-hop sort of discussion, right? When he's talking about um, <clears throat> the bebop into hip-hop, and now we've got, like, a little bit of cachet, so it's, like, just more money is involved yeah. even though our kind of situation still hasn't changed 
Um, and then he's talking about, you know, being a product and as soon as kind of the artist is falling or whatever, then you go to the next one and that's kind of what hip hop is right now. And I think that's an interesting also perspective coming from like his first album. And I read a little bit of something about his, um, name change, like his Mm -hmm. public name change, because he was already feeling like, I guess at this time that most deaf was already too commercialized or like too much of a product in some way that, you know, he didn't have control over his person or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I think that's the excuse for why there's no black star two album as well. But Hmm. that's another sad story. Hmm. Artist vision, I'm sure. Well, well, maybe that, that, that was kind of his phase out and, and using, you know, most deaf as just the, the mega public version of him you know, and just coming to terms with that, which I'm sure was easy, you know, which we've talked about a handful of times on this show, which is like when you get to a certain height of stardom or celebrity, you just start to get annoyed by it. Oh, yeah. And you just you know, would rather disappear. Yeah. And they're like, wow, now it's become a curse, you know, rather than a blessing. And and so I'm sure that 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 helped, you know, him change his name and also i mean just turning away from the trade itself but yeah and then but, if you leave the country for a while that helps oh yeah too. yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> but i i uh yeah i've, I've gotten like i said I've, got, I've gotten back into some of his his stuff and his later stuff that I, I hadn't checked out you know like some of the stuff he features on like some of the robert glasper stuff he did mm-hmm. like with black radio and like i got that that remix album and it's so good, man. It's just he's just so good. I just I love most stuff, man. <laughs> yeah. I like um specifically the lines um uh hip hop is prosecution evidence and out of court settlement. Oh, add yeah. space for liquor, sick without benefits, luxury tenements, choking the skyline, it's low life getting treetop high. I just think like it's such a great you know, picture of that. And then when I was looking up this ad space for liquor, like, I guess for a while, actually like Seagram's owned, um, United music group. Oh, so it's like literally as, you know, rappers are talking about high end liquors, like, their own violin. Yeah, it's really <laughs> <Wow>. just <laughs> like, <laughs> what do they call that? Like lived in marketing or, you know those like endorsements that are throughout the product, oh, and it's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like a, it's like, like a, a wow, captured. it's so <laughs> it's so meta. They're rambling about this, and they're owned by the it's same it's company. That's captured agency, making money on yeah. all of them, all these different ways. <laughs> like all you do is talk about yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I just thought that was really like, wow. Yeah. I don't know if he was in that deep on it, but I mean. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, him seeing all these deals oh, and yeah. things like that. Well, I'm sure he might have been offered a few um, dumb things. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And, and sure. I mean, he clearly seems to be someone of character. Like, he has a form of integrity. He's, like, keeping in mind. He's like, I know who I am. I don't have to yeah. lean into whatever deal I get first come just because, like, I'm trying to do something. I've been doing this for years, you know. Now I'm at the, the cusp of, you know, the or at the pinnacle of what I could be, you know. Yeah, wanting to put out something that's my own. Yeah. But yeah, I love the 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 second verse where he says uh stimulant sedative original repetitive uh violently competitive a school unaccredited. Um 
those are some good lines like stimulant and, and sedative you know like mm -hmm. people could listen to hip-hop and dance or you could just listen to it and think you know like i mean that's a great like breakdown you know is it going to stimulate you or is it just going to make you sit down and and reel uh is it uh uh original and repetitive you know or is it a is it a remix or they using samples you know it, it's just such a cool line that that has such depth to it uh the the violently competitive i mean obviously talking about the uh uh rap competitions and it's not just something that's uh, a metaphor i mean at this point you're i mean literally at this point i think it would have been like a year prior that tupac and biggie uh died right when he was working on it yeah yeah probably. yeah um and then the last line i loved the uh, a school unaccredited you know talking about uh hip-hop you know almost as an art or a school of art um in a, in a state of, of the art. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, I, I kind of want to ask you what, what, like how did you, hard knocks. How did, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you how you interpreted the last lines, um, from the, from the sovereign state of the have nots where the farmers have trouble with cash crops. It's all city like phase two. Hip hop will simply amaze you, praise you, pay you do whatever uh, you say do, but black, it can't save you. Uh, so this one, I went to the, uh, the genius notes. So he does do a little, sh a lot of shout outs. Um, cause I think there's in the, uh, one with Busta Rhymes, he gives a shout outs to like graffiti artists. Yeah. A bunch of them. So phase two is a graffiti yeah. artist. Um, but basically saying like, um, <clears throat> farmers so it's like drug dealers basically yeah. so it's saying like we're gonna get talking about like hip-hop has mostly been about drugs and dealing all this but um you know people say like oh hip-hop saved my life or whatever i don't know i mean i kind of i did kind of struggle with the uh it won't save you um because in a lot of ways you know money can save you from a lot of situations sure. you know like you improve your station a bunch when <laughs> you have money, money where yeah. you did have yeah. money um i just think like he's trying to make the point that it's so fickle um and especially like right now with whatever you're trying to do like if you don't have that fear of god right from sure. the first then that's what's gonna fall but i think for me it becomes more of like this is a religious type callback mm. Yeah, that's true. I also kind of saw it as um, like a a, a, um, a reference to just promoting again, like self agency, like saying um, hip hop can, like saying it amazes you, praise you, and pay you, like almost like it'll it's a wonderment, like it'll mm -hmm. it'll it'll just it'll like really capture your attention. But whatever it will be, it's not gonna be there to save you it's just there to entertain you For and sure. you're gonna have to make it a catalyst to be something worthwhile which is what he's doing yeah and he's like hip-hop can just entertain you it can make you sit and think and and this is how i choose to use hip-hop yeah you know um because it's i mean yeah i mean and and then the other lines just the sovereign from the sovereign state of the have not so just saying like this is something that that if, if you don't have anything and I mean, you can appreciate it. It can give you something to, to witness and, and, and revere and, and, and however you see it on any kind of general theme, if you choose to use it, 
it, it'll have power, but you have to kind of determine what kind of power that's going to end up being. You know, mm. it's like if you want to talk about just the gaudy things in life, just the flashy things in life, then sure, you can go for it and then kind of see what life is going to be like. But, you know, like if you handle life and your uh, mode of expression like this kind of art form, like he has as this very complex, detailed breakdown of like a legacy, you know, basically, then it's it's much more powerful. You know, then that hmm. something like this, it could save you because then you're actually aware you're practicing and you're active, you know, in your own agency. But in something that's just like, I want to be entertained and I want to make things that entertain people. Then who knows? This is kind of up to you. Yeah. But I don't know. Huh. I thought that was an interesting um, ender to that song that could that mean a lot of different things. The have nots. Yeah. And then the next track, uh, track number three, Love. Um, it's a great song. I honestly, I think, you know, my, my favorite songs, uh, off of this album are, uh, we're doing that. like love and like Umi says and, um, mathematics and habitat. Um, those all just like, they just pop up in my head all the time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, love is awesome. Um, <laughs> love is awesome. Yeah. Um, like he, he has that line, uh, <laughs> they say that, that goodness in life belongs to those who believe. So I believe, yes. I mean, that, that, that's his opening line. And, and I, I love that because, I mean, it's very basic. It seems like a very basic address. But it's, it, to me, it just symbolizes that you have to believe that goodness exists, first of all, to feel it. And otherwise, if it's never missing, then it's not going to be wanted, you know. And, and I think that's a... a it's a kind of a fleeting statement in the beginning of the song because it's just very quick, you know, and then it, it moves into the the full song. But um, it, it's a strong statement because yeah. because I mean, I, I've talked about this with a lot of people, like the the relativity of love and what it can mean to you. I mean, to some people and some families, this means I'm responsible for you. You know, it's like don't don't make this harder for me because I love you. That means I'm responsible for whatever you do. When other people, it's much more affectionate. There's much more care and consideration involved. Um, but if you don't know what that is, then why would you long for it, you know, if you don't know what it is? Unless you have this, you know, innate, just like personal drive to find something that you've never had before. Um, it, it's, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's a good tee off to, to a song that's going to address uh, some, a, 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 such a topic as love. It, it proves that the importance of that concept of that, well, the importance of that concept all lies on the wielder of that concept. And if you don't know what it is, or if you don't have the longing for it, then it would never have power. Mm -hmm. And that's, I don't, know, I don't want to talk in circles here, but, but yeah, I just feel like that's such a, a, a good statement because to some people it's like, well, love, everybody knows what that is. Yeah. But I just feel like that kind of strips that away for a second and be like, yeah, well, the, it, it, I, I say that it's the goodness in life and I believe that it, that's what it is, you know, because like, like me personally, like, that's what I think it is. Like when I think of love, I think of this, you know, uh, a consideration, um, and a, an expressive, considerate, um, place that any person could be in, in a relationship where you're going to be who you are and I'm going to be who I am mm -hmm. and we're going to come to a place of understanding, but uh, well, we're going to have time for each other. We're going to make time for each other and consider each other. But if you don't practice that, or if you don't believe that that's possible, yeah. you know, you'd never, you'd never try it. 
you wouldn't practice it and you wouldn't expect it. That's interesting. Hmm. I don't know. I just always found that opening line to. No, that is, I mean, that is a good, I don't think I've ever like thought about that line as much. So for me, this song is just like an extension of the second track. Mm. And it's just like a song about hip hop again. Mm -hmm. And so that's like, you know, his love and thinking about that. And there's like Commons track. I used to love her. But now like he's kind of, in my opinion, kind of like answering that and being like, well, this is why you know, I still love hip hop. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm still doing this. I'm still going forward with this. Um, but I hadn't thought about that opening line. That's good. Yeah. And I love the, I know he, I believe yes. Like I know the hook for this song is like reworked lines for, uh, from, uh, um, Rakim and, uh, Eric B song. Uh, I know you got soul. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I first heard this album, like, whatever I said, like 11 years ago or whatever, that this, this line, I just, it stuck with me, which I know is a melding of both of their lines, but I just thought it was like, I don't know, it was such a, a, a great poetic line for a writer. Um, to say, yeah, I, I start to think and I sink into the paper. Like I was ink when I'm writing, I'm trapped between the lines. I escape when I finish the rhyme, mm-hmm. I start to think, and then I sink into the paper. Like I was ink when I'm writing, I'm trapped in between the lines. I escape when I finish. I just, I just, I now know. I just remember sitting in in a class in my classroom, my media tech classroom, listening to that song for the first time, um, or the second and third time, and just that hook. Every time I would come through the the about uh, start to think and sink into the paper like I was ink. It was just such a, I don't know, it's such a cool like mm-hmm. visual and and like how he's becoming his own work, you know, his own method, you know, and it's just like. I don't know that 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 was a that that's definitely a line that 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 grabbed me on my first listen to. Just yeah, and that's I mean that's a great Rakim, and that's kind of one thing that Eric Rakim that they brought to kind of hip hop because you know they were like early days yeah. where it was just like the rapper was more of like the hype man mm-hmm. than he was kind of a lyricist, yeah. but like they kind of made it so that you started to maybe think about the rhymes and things that there's because they're trying to tell stories mm-hmm. or trying to recite different poetry. And I definitely think that that is the through line for most deaf and how he goes into his love of hip hop and saying yeah. like, this is what we have here. We do have a beauty. We do have something that can be loved. And I think that's also kind of what you were getting at with that opening line. It's like he did kind of, leave it as whatever in the song titled hip hop, but he's comes back to it. And it's like, but no, we have <laughs> something yeah. powerful here yeah, um, that we can still kind of love and address and do all that. No, I, I like the song. It's not my, my favorite, but <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> there's some it, good ones there. It, I mean, it, it touches on his life. I mean, it references where, sure. where he was born, where he lived, the media he was obsessed with. You know, like uh, uh like Rap Attack. You know, the, yeah, there's the, a lot the of references radio to show. Rap Attack. Uh, even touches on old school DJ events. You know, where they would tap into the street lights. You know, to get electricity for the. Which the, the sounds so weird. <laughs> uh, break, breaking into the, the yeah. electrical lines. Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel yeah. like you could just zap your whole set. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I mean, and 
I know. I well, I mean, I don't personally, but I've just I've seen and, and heard. You know, I mean, times where you just block, block, take out blocks. Yeah, you know, because someone didn't do it right. You know, which yeah, that just sounds so wild. I mean, you'd be so frustrated though if like you weren't a part of that show or that scene at all. And then suddenly you have no power in your house for like the <laughs> like, next night. Like, I know it's because they're putting on that stupid show. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like, uh, you know, the, the, uh, Medrick, uh, the drummer I had on my last show, you know, he was telling me a, a story cause he used to live in New York and he, you know, that, uh, that old, old guy. I mean, I'm aware of him. The crazy Eddie, the like, I'm crazy Eddie. And, mm. and uh, all my deals are, Oh you know, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Like one night there was like, I think it was like two days of darkness in New York or whatever, like the light, not light went out or whatever. The mm-hmm. electricity went out for like a majority of the city. Well, like that place and some other like reputable, like audio place, like got broken into obviously. And then like all of a sudden, like he was saying how like within a month, like there was like the newest DJs in town, because <laughs> all these people had equipment now. <laughs> and then, uh, and then like those events, you know, would pop up where they would take the electricity from That's the lights. That's great. They'd be like, throw the, figure this out. <laughs> yeah. Throw the community parties together. <laughs> but, That's uh, awesome. But yeah, it's a good track, and uh, the only other really uh, note I have about it that I, I liked about it was how uh, I, I love how the first half of it really addresses his upbringing, and then the second half of it is a future tense. For sure, I got that. That's awesome. Yeah, I love how he gears uh, gears his songs like that sometimes. Uh, and then uh, rolling into the next one, uh, the classic Miss Fat Booty. Um, so this one in mathematics were the singles. Um, released before the album came out, um, there Umi says was a re- it was a single too, but it was released after um, the album was, oh, was out. Okay, I guess it was primarily for radio then. Um, but uh, this one starts off with a sample from uh, "One Step Ahead" by Aretha Franklin. Um, I mean, it's a classic song. Uh, really, the only <laughs> note uh, I was going to throw out is really, I mean, it, it's a it's a tale of a hookup using a lot of reggae music references um, and just kind of describing a night out in pursuit. Well, multiple nights, I guess, because he meets her and then he meets her again later on. Nine months. Oh, yeah. Well, it's multiple months. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I'm focusing on the, the main two. Where, oh, yeah, when she, she shakes him off and then, and then when she comes hang, back yeah. and, and leaves and shakes him off again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know this is a great, um, like I said, I mean, I had this song on multiple mixtapes. It was kind of like the best um, storytelling, I think, mm, yeah. like in rap at that time, or at least, you know, the rap that I was listening to. Um, I always liked um, you know, just kind of the images that he throws in there with those different allusions and things like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one note I did want to include was, um, the looped up soul. So it's like, um, I think I read somewhere that they were some music critics or writers were trying to call this the chipmunk soul, like those beats where you have like the old, like either Motown mm-hmm. or soul records and they're sped up and add oh. with a beat. They were calling that chipmunk. Yeah. Soul. Oh, I see. Um, <clears throat> but that style obviously influenced like Kanye's early beats that he would make Ooh, for yeah. Jay-Z and um, like this, I think it's used pretty well. Um, but Ayatollah, he was in that group talking about, those um, beats that they made. I'm saying this one um, and know that also has a, another 
um, sort of soul sample that's yeah. looped in there. Um, but they were saying that they actually got that also from Wu Tang. Um, the song, what's it? Um, ice cream. Yeah, ice cream. It's like Method Man singing the hook. You know, what I'm talking, oh, talking yeah, about. Oh yeah, I know. So what that has like that soul sped up beat yeah, uh -huh. in there. Um, and then what was the other one? It was an ODB track, but now I'm blanking on the name of it. I might have written down the name. But I was just like, this one I think is probably like the best because not only is like the song looped in there kind of as the chorus and you can hear like the actual words, but like that song also goes along with the theme of this song too. Yeah, <laughs> so you're like right. Yeah. Reinforces that it. it could be like <laughs> yeah. the same chorus. So it's like, oh. Uh, again <laughs> the layers and kind of the earnestness of that first album of oh, snakes so oh, yeah rizza produced both of those tracks and sort of started at least in ayatollah's mind this idea of like oh bring back these tracks and Just kind speed of them up. yeah and let them kind of add that power that was in that part of the song and then add yeah. that to this new take that old school tempo and make it a little yeah. more modern yeah huh. so i just thought that was really cool and i think this song does it like awesome yeah no i mean that's the thing about this song is like i, I don't have any too many like notations or like things to say about it but the most impressive thing about it is what you've already said is it, it it's a phenomenal uh example of storytelling of imagery of you know really breaking down an interaction that i mean and honestly like if you if you if you look at some of the interactions i mean they would have been brief you know but like the just the detail and the reference mm -hmm. the references he makes it's just you can you can picture the club you can picture the for sure the song playing the, yeah the 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 visuals of you know what you would be seeing at this time and just stuff like that it's just very i don't know it's, it's a very uh, uh articulate um uh, a piece for something that's just like a uh, a, a kind of a casual interaction, but it's something that it, you know you can relate to. Oh yeah, and I mean, so many like other like New York slang too that you come off with this like Duke. Um, what's the other one? Um, is this the one with Herb? Yeah, Herb. Yeah, Herb. Totally herb yeah, Herb. herb. My bad. herb yeah. Um, <clears throat> sipping Chris. Like that wasn't really, you know, like. That like was a typical. Yeah, it thing was coming into its, yeah. its heyday in Christa. the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the other one? Merc. I'm about to Merc. That was one oh, that was about to come. No, that's true. I didn't think about that. Um, one. Let me see. There was another one. Wild Sweet, though. Uh, oh, I'm thinking, yeah, Stilo. That was another one. And skis, like those are all words that were like yeah. so big, early thousands. Yes. <laughs> but Jeez. this was really like the first, like this album and these words were kind of like the first. Yeah. And I do think it's funny that Jane Kenny, I mean, it's That's like, funny. <laughs> it's such a, like, that'd be an old timey reference. <laughs> I was like, hmm, you're, who's really thinking about <laughs> Kennedy? Um, <clears throat> no, I just like this song. I mean, it's great. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, you got anything else for that one? Um, no, not really. I did like, um, <laughs> one note just about the timing of it was um 
and it made sense at the time, but now when you think about it, it's like, oh, that is really weird. Hmm. My 911's unanswered. So it's like he's referencing like paging. Oh, yeah, his pager. Yeah, his emergency. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's just such a funny like thought. I don't know. Um, the way it ends so abrupt is like weird, but you just love that. Yeah. My 911's unanswered. Yeah. It just takes you back to like, you text those numbers that you could like spell out words if they flipped the pager up. Oh, yeah. Right now. It's just a different time. Different time. <laughs> Hit me up on my pager. I know. Now, I mean, you could probably just find her. You <laughs> wouldn't need Let's go on that. the Tinder. <laughs> All right, next up, track number five, Speed Law. Uh, so um, I love his flow on this this track. It's like a crazy consistent flow. Like he just he's just pumping it out. Um, I love the uh, the sampled uh, uh, Watch It, which is from uh, BC Boys and uh, Q Tip. Uh, uh, the the track is called Get It Together. Um, it seems it it's kind of peppered in there. I mean, it, it it's in it's structured, so it comes in on the right timing. But it just it's kind of random. But uh, I I love the effect. Um, me personally, I feel like maybe they could have pulled back on it a little bit more. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but I just love that that sound effect. Um, my my one of my uh, one of my favorite lines uh, from the album is in this uh, track. The uh, my poems crush bones in the powder. You mumble like a coward. I'm most deaf. You need to speak louder. Superheroes, mm -hmm. get your power, your mask, your cape stretch. Brooklyn, take what you can't take back. I know a lot of cats hate that. All I can say, uh, oh, all I can say, black. There's a city full of walls you can post complaints at. <laughs> I love that because he's, he's talking about the Wailing Wall. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, that's where you can post your complaints. Or, or better than that, I also love how you could also equate that to being uh, New York City covered in murals and graffiti, as in those being the complaints. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an equivalent scene between the uh, a sacred place like Jerusalem and the, a profane setting like spraying something with graffiti. Yeah. yeah. Both modes of expression, though. True, true. Both prayers of different cities. Um, and then this is where he references Y2K because he says uh, Y2K can't er erase the true ancient um, which is just funny to think about because, yeah, the, this I think this track specifically, this was one of the first ones made and it was done in 98. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Y2K was still hanging over folks. Yeah, <laughs> well, because it was this idea that, like, we hadn't accounted for four-digit years yeah, and all of our digital data was just going to disappear right. because the computer was going to flip out. So... <laughs> that line makes more sense then than it does <laughs> now. Because <laughs> like, what? It's going to erase like, everything. It's just <laughs> dumb thought. Um, but it took over a lot of the world. Um, no, yeah, I do like, I like the speed of this one. The only one, I mean, I really like the beat is cool. Um, I'm trying to think if I had a line or two. The Trump Tower to the Terror Dome, Poor House to Pleasure Domes, Soprano oh, yeah. Alto, Tenor to Baritone. One of the illest that you've ever known. I just, I mean. They're just great lines. Like yeah. he, just, he just knocks them out. Like, and like I, This is one of my favorite verses too, where he says, tell the feds, tell your girl, tell your mother, conference call you whack crew and tell each other. 
uh, that they ain't holding me. I just love that. That's such a like, I don't know that that's all to me. That's almost like Wu Tang. Like that's such a, like, yeah, that's like a cypher. Like here I come and bust yeah. through. Man. <laughs> tell, yeah, I think it's, tell your girl, tell your mother. <laughs> I think he's definitely channeling, channeling that. Um, and this song, so he says, Brooklyn, Vietnam. And I was like, I, that had to have been some sort of saying or whatever yeah, like back then because yeah. he's got the hello the Vietnam, good morning, or, Vietnam. Yeah, good morning Vietnam yeah. and the Brooklyn's and I was like this makes no sense yeah but here is the only Brooklyn I'm sure someone so said that it's, it's war or whatever there at that time uh, the only thing on this one that I had was that I like how the outro obviously uh, equates like the the pacing of artists in the rap industry to drivers and speed laws and just mm-hmm. saying how uh, um, I mean he just goes on a list where, he, where he, gassed up jokers don't observe the speed law, uh, gassed up clowns don't obs- uh, observe the speed law because uh, uh, they speed and speed and speed and um, but it, it 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 to me. I mean, I mean, he could continues on because he says, slow down, you better chill. Uh, uh, lights be changing fast on these streets. Uh, <laughs> uh, smash your whole shit up, you better cool uh, cool out. Because the thing he keeps talking about, though, that he, he's saying that they're all speeding, but then he keeps saying that you need to chill out, you need to cool out, you need to uh, you need, you need to look around. Uh, it, it's kind of like he's... Because he doesn't address it, he doesn't say that I'm super chill. You know, he doesn't say that you know, like I'm I'm super cool. But he's just saying like everyone's going way too fast. So I feel like this is like his own way of kind of referencing that like he's moving pretty fast. But everyone has this like kind of like uh, um, I forget what you call it. There's a I, there's a term for it. But how uh, every American feels like they're a potential millionaire. They're just not there yet. Um, you ever heard that? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, well, I'm only poor now. I'm not doing anything about it, but oh. I'll be a millionaire one day. Yeah. Um, and I think about that in terms of like, like rap industry where he's thinking like all these people, all these gas of jokers who think that they know how their careers, how their trajectory is going to go. They're just trying to rush to the finish and get to the big part. They're not even putting in the, to putting in their hours, not putting in mm. their dues. Yeah. They're just waiting. They're wait, They're ready for the payout. They're not even there yet. And he's talking about the embodiment of hip hop, this this community yeah. of hip hop. And he's like, you need to chill. You need to you need to cool it down. And he doesn't address what that really means, but in the themes of how he's written in this album, it kind of plays to that where he's like, you got to invest. You can't mm-hmm. just speed through it because yeah. that's how you start to get these unhealthy competitions where you think you you hate him. And he's like, y'all are together. You're like, why are you know? It's like, yeah, no, this for is sure. A different perception. Um. Cause yeah, I'll fuck your whole shit up. Observe this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got for that one. But I, I love that. I love his flow on that. That's a that's a great track. Slow down. Watch it. Uh, and then uh, next up is uh, "Do It Now" featuring Busta Rhymes. Um, I I love that opening line. Um, the yes, the first cut should be the deepest to penetrate beyond the muscle walls, inner regions. Um, I just love it because. I mean, yeah, he's talking about, I mean, you could interpret a lot of different ways, but I think of him as a lyricist that he's talking about that first verse on a song and needs to cut through and needs to resonate, needs to, you know, needs to implant, you know, onto some, impress someone, you know, onto someone. Um, That's just another, I mean, this album is full of great, like, opening lines. For sure. Like, just just preludes where he'll say something and like 30 seconds will go by, just like the beat pick up and then it'll come in or or 10 seconds or whatever. But just that one line's like, ooh. 
Yeah. <laughs> Something's coming. That's a good one, man. He's got the butter on the pan. That's I like, like, you I know. Mean, this is one of my favorite tracks on on this one. Um, I mean, Busta Rhymes, I always love Busta Rhymes' voice. Like, yeah, he's great. Um, vocal. And this is like, this is another one where it's like, how in the world is Busta Rhymes on this album? When Mostef is like nobody outside of New York, New York. <laughs> but Busta Rhymes by this time had had you know Wuha got you all in check. He had had Give Me Some More. Well, who he had had like maybe he was a Black Star fan. Single. Well, no, he's connected to them through that. Oh, that label. Because oh, Busta sure. Rhymes did a lot with um, Tribe too. Oh, okay, sure. So yeah. they, they knew him, but like you know, the money wise and like where Bus Rhymes career was at compared yeah. to most deaf. It's like so random that he's here but, and, but and mean, most deaf is saying like, we're equals. You know what I'm saying? Mm, well, like, sure. <laughs> but I mean, but maybe like he's looking at it in terms of like how, I don't know, someone like, I don't know if this is a good uh, uh, parallel, but like someone like P Diddy would have seen like Kanye, like someone who's like clearly putting a lot of, amateur oh, sure. amateur and newcomer like hours in yeah and he's not where i'm at but my god like he's all he's almost putting as much hours that i have without even being known you know yeah. he's just constantly working maybe it was one of those things where no, just, i mean like, i definitely think like you know the respect was there yeah, yeah 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 but it's just funny like to think like if you're not in new york and you don't see all that you're just sure. like oh Buster runs is hopping on this like random, random yeah just because he's in town i guess like <laughs> who is this guy but most f is like no i'm i'm at this level too like, yeah we're two of the baddest like because <laughs> we've been doing this for yeah. whatever whatever yeah but at the time outside of new york it's like Who's most deaf? Oh, the actor? Yeah, right. <laughs> the Cosby Mysteries guy? Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Like nobody remembers. I want to meet anybody who's watched that show because you can't like find it. I don't even know. But I love like the voices that they do. I always love Buster Rhymes. Energy is Oh, yeah. So high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> when I would walk around in high school, people would say that. And it's just, yeah, this is a fun track like that. It's like, a great track. I yeah. love, I love the hook. The hook is awesome where they're just trading lines back oh, yeah. and forth, back and forth. And then end it with the dual, the do it now. Like, yeah. It's just like, it's like classic, like nineties, like yeah. the, it's like the pinnacle where you're like, <laughs> oh, you got, you got, I, I got, I have this MC. What this, I have this favorite MC and like, well now they're trading verses. And they're on the same track. Yeah, like, oh shit! Right this, is this is even better. <laughs> um, what are some? So my favorite verse is that third verse. Um, it's like the two the two hottest Negroes in Los Estados Unidos. It's mm. like hotter than Reno when discovering by Bugsy Siegel. I'm black like Don Cheadle, shouting power to the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which it doesn't even make sense. Like um, I'm dripping like the lifeline on the e-boat, the raw sugar cane, Nutra sweet, never equal. <laughs> it's like this is just great. If you're in a Benzito, your mother's Buick Regal. Which at the time I was in my mother's Buick Regal. Which oh, was funny. there you go. Um, I get up like Chino, shouting tower to the people. But it's just so funny that like. I don't know why Don Cheadle was named. It's brought up. All. I mean, I guess he's like dark and that would be the only thing. Like up to that point, Don Cheadle hadn't really been That's what I was gonna like look super up. activist. He's not from New York. He's not really plugged into that at all. Well, cause what? Like he was in Devil Wears a Blue Dress, but that's like the only real like 
super like he's not on film anywhere singing power to the people <laughs> to my knowledge so it's just like this is a really black guy <laughs> he's like <laughs> referencing it out let's see hanging with mr cooper very <laughs> yeah not socially very, cutting it not very political well i don't, I don't even know what this show is. picket fences <clears throat> it was like a if i'm remembering right it was like a soap opera Oh yeah, this okay. I was like, is that is that controversial? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just funny. But then the other one is like a uh, a graffiti artist, no. uh, Chino. So I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just funny that, that he is, says that. <laughs> that is, yeah. Um, I mean, I wonder if they're friends now or whatever. Oh, did, you, did you see the Kevin Hart interview with Don Cheadle? Mm -mm. <laughs> and they got some, uh, well, they got some attention because. Kevin Hart, well, he's like saying how old he was, which mm -hmm. he was like 52 or something like that. And Kevin Hart goes, damn. And then oh, like, Don Chew. <laughs> Kevin Hart was, no, I didn't mean like, damn. I meant like, oh, damn. <laughs> and Don Chew was like, like in a no, 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 no. He was like, no, 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 no. You didn't mean it like that. <laughs> but yeah, to my knowledge, I have no idea why he said Don Cheadle, but it's a great, it's a great verse. There. Well, yeah, because I mean, like, well, it's like literally like when, cause when I, when I read that line, well, when I heard it and then I, when I read it, cause I thought the same thing, I was like, what did he, what did he done at that point? And I, the only thing I thought of was like hotel Rwanda or like something After. that was, and that was like five years later or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. Who knows? Maybe he was in New York and they had a good conversation. Which, he was like, yeah, I'll drop your name. Which could be. Who knows? But, yeah. <laughs> Don Cheadle's from like Midwest, Missouri or somewhere. And then he went out of California. Hmm. So there's no like super New York connection in hmm. my mind. I don't know. I don't know. You ever seen those pictures of Don Cheadle with long hair? When he was doing Sammy Davis? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Interesting. <laughs> he pulls it off though. He did it. I'm convinced Don Cheadle could do anything. Yeah. I mean, hey, he replaced uh, Terrence Howard in a Marvel movie. <laughs> He didn't, I I love his roadie man. It's, he's it's a great character. But yeah, I love Don Cheadle man. Everything he's in. Um, okay, we got off topic though, because um, I started looking at his IMDb page. <laughs> I got really distracted because I saw a picture of him with long hair, and then I just started thinking all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, but yeah, no, that, that's a good track. See, um, but even this one, this one is funny. He just has like you know songs of contradiction on all of these because the one right before this he's saying slow down right go slow. oh yeah yeah no, he's, he's like do, do, it, it, now. Now. <laughs> do it now do it now yeah so much so that the the lyrics end with that like constantly yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. there's no speed laws you go now <laughs> the duality of a man for sure. But uh, then that moves into, uh, this is another one of my favorites, uh, Got, track number seven. Yeah, I was going to get that. Got. <laughs> this is probably my favorite on here. Yeah, that's such a good one. I mean, it's a, it's a story about how you can get Jack, flaunt nice <laughs> things, you're going to get Got. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I mean, such a realization of like, you know, where people live and how people think, you know, like there's oh, a yeah. line where he's talking about like um for some people think you know life's a game it's like for more 
it's like life is war. Like, yeah, I'm going to get this however I can. Yeah. It's like if it has to be you on the other side, like that doesn't mean anything to me because I'm at war here. Yeah. Like, it's you or me. It's just a, such a different mindset. Um, and I like, I mean, there's a lot of good lines on here. Uh, months paycheck can't dangling off your neck. Then woman up the mittens. Yeah. No, I just love all of these different lines and, it's such a great like storytelling too. Yeah. It's like a warning and it's like you can totally picture all of these things kind of yeah. happen. Yeah, and like some of the stuff that he he explains that would have been like relatively new to someone that's not from his neighborhood or something. Like when he says, I'm from Brooklyn, certain shit you just don't do. Like high posting when you're far from home, like high posting when you're all alone. Uh, like this would be... Uh, uh, now this would uh, seem to be clear common sense, uh, but cats be living off sheer confidence. <laughs> yeah, like fuck that picture them telling me run that, but <laughs> acting invincible just ain't sensible. Because it's just I don't know that that's I mean it's the rules you gotta observe the rules. It's like you go if you go in flash your your best stuff you're showing everybody what you got. Don't you realize what you're doing? Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, but you don't play by those rules. Yeah. You're not from and him. I also think I mean it is kind of a. It's not never really a diss, but it is kind of like a. Uh, like a warning. Yeah, in a different perspective to like the flashy rap that was also in you know, New York at that time yeah. and hip hop to be like, like his is more like a real, real approach. Yeah. Like, you can talk about that in the media, but like, I got this, yeah, I'm yeah. showing this, I'm but flashing this. Here. Like, but when you do that in real life, <laughs> it's like people know like, Hey, I have this chain, blah, blah, blah. Like there's a lot of stories, especially like in the late nineties, uh, football players and stuff getting robbed, like their house is getting robbed before. Getting like, yeah, security stuffs were a big thing. It's like, oh, yeah, like we see your signing bonus on TV. Like, yeah, we know or, or it's like expect we yeah, know how much is going to be at this place. Your bright red bins is real easy to spot. You're <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. you can't miss it. <laughs> That's why it's like I always heard, like, if you have a real flashy car, you're either super secure or you're not super really dumb. in that game. You know, you're yeah. not really in it. You're not it thinking of because it. Because you yeah. can't have a real nice car and be just in the middle of the yeah. <laughs> middle of the pack. Yeah. That. But, but yeah, this song's great. I love the beat. Um, I love mm -hmm. the beat with, like, the... I think I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a synth bass that they're using. Um, and then the organ and the live drums. Now, that's one thing I forgot to uh, mention, actually, at the beginning of this. Um, this album, he uses a lot of live instrumentation, which I love. Um, I mean, now... Like nine plays bass for it, right? Uh, I think, I, I think some of them. Um, but he, he, I mean, he gets, he gets in... He, he, I mean, he does a lot of different things. I mean, he gets in a jazz legend. I mean, he gets Weldon Irvine right. to help. Um, but he... But I just love, I mean, it, it's more typical in the 90s for the live instrumentation, but you start to get away from that because of people using uh, uh, digital pads mm -hmm. and, and you know, people like Jay Dilla uh, where you're sampling things, but then you're just cutting it up. You know, you're just reusing yeah. it. Um, but the live instrumentation, it just adds like, I mean, like an Umi says, and there's just certain songs where it adds that ambiance of, or, or like, uh, and we'll get to this. Uh, but like Habitat, where it's almost like this like funky, like parliament, you know, kind of mm -hmm. feel to it. Mm -hmm. And it's very much a, a, a vibe that you can only get if you're if you if you compose it that way, you know. Yeah. 
And I just love that. I, I forgot to mention that. I, I love the live uh, instruments and the live drums particularly. Um, but yeah, this is a great track. Um, um, I, I like the the don't get me at the beginning. The don't get me, don't get me. Yeah. Because um, to me, it, it, it represents like a looping thought of anxiety. Like that around like being picked to be the one that gets got like you know don't don't get me like don't yeah you know you're just <laughs> it's constantly like thinking of that in your mind like you you roll through like a, a tight alley and there's some people hanging out you know them you don't know them all right don't i'm hope i hope i'm not the one that gets got today oh for sure um yeah. and then and then i love the the closing line is great um so put them egos to the side and get them uh, get them head get off them head trips uh, for some cats pull out them heaters and make you headless yeah it's a no, good way to wrap it up <laughs> don't get got um but yeah yeah that, that that's that's a good i feel like that's a good start to the song the don't get me because that's how it that's how i picture it it's just like that anxiety i would swell up when living in that kind of community of like I want to show off stuff because I'm making, you know, waves. I'm making moves, but then like I don't want to show it off because I don't want to get oh, got. Oh, I know. Sure. <laughs> but that's uh, just the balance. That's. I think of. Um, I knew a guy. I worked with a guy who grew up in Queens, and he's a little bit um, older than me. But he was, I guess, there like late '80s, early '90s, mm. so probably about this time. And he was like, you could go different places on like the bus or on a train. And sometimes like you would just see some guy that was just like, he was looking for a fight. He oh. was looking for something. And he's like, you know, there's so many people in the city that you always run into this one person who just wants to get into a fight and to do yeah. something. And you're just like, ah, don't make contact. Don't, don't look at him. Don't, don't acknowledge yeah. him. Don't give him anything that's going to give him that yeah. excuse to jump. Yeah. <laughs> and that just makes me think of that. Like, don't, don't give him. <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> it's not me today. <laughs> All right. So that rolls into, um, and we might actually end up, uh, this one will probably end up being two parts. Um, so this one might be our ender. Uh, track number eight, which is uh, Umi Says. This one is my personal favorite on the album. Um, there's a lot of great hip hop tracks. This is a little more like R and B ish, a little more like kind of not a little more spoken word, you know, kind of over a beat, a live beat. Um, so I, I'd say it's my favorite track on the album, but it's like not my favorite, like you know, like rap track or whatever. I, I, I want to know. Him, what, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's just it's just such a damn strong song that like it just it just draws such an emotional response out of me. Like it just pulls such a, a resonance that, that I don't know, it, like it's almost immediate. Like with the, again, with that live beat, that soothing like organ synth um, with the consistent live beat and the chimes and the, um, um, I mean, it's got that like, uh, like uh, well, the, the beat, the, the beat is a, it's a, it's a jazz beat. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's just so vibrant um, and cool. I mean, it, it's, it's, um, to me, like, cause you know the story behind like when, when Marvin Gaye was workshopping the tracks for like what's going on and um, what would be um, you're, you're, you're the man, the following album that didn't get released. 
that a lot of it was like he was just doing spoken word poetry like over like different beats like mm. they would like do a beat on the congo drums and he would just kind of like listen it was kind of like an open party like an open-ended like yeah. poetry recital thing and he would do it over the beat and then if they liked it they would practice it and then that would become the song mm. um this kind of reminds me of that like that of that vibe of yeah. like because of like and i know he does a lot of overdubs so it does sound a little more like kind of like what's going on because he does a lot of, he does that too where he would do like yeah, his first I round know. on it and do an, another overdub of himself and add these ad libs add these extra little presence vocal presence um and it kind of it it, it 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 reminds me of that um just because it's that um social expressive setting the overdubs over that kind of live beat you know it just gives me that same kind of uh feeling mm-hmm. um not saying they equate to each other uh and and what they're talking about exactly but that 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 setting like just how you would expect a high quality setting to yield something of high quality like that's why i feel like that's kind of what we're we're, you're gearing up this is a a, um i don't know it it, is a very comfortable setting this is one that he helped produce too along with uh weldon irving um you had will i am on the fender Rhodes keyboard uh which crazy um and then uh yeah (laughs) and then uh weldon irvine was playing on the hammond uh which is an organ Mm -hmm. um it's a great song i think i've said that three times already um the only thing i can really say about it you know it's a it's a it's a beautiful song of like promoted expression and cultural like love and appreciation um it's kind of like in a character it's kind of like a, a character defining statement to to shine your light um but not just shine your light but i mean like with purpose like you're shining your form of light for the world to be seen you know you're not just doing it for the hell of it you're doing it to Mm. be seen so you're doing it with purpose um you know it's a it's a message shared by his closest and most revered family members uh whether it's his 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 mom his father you know his umi or his abi uh his grandfather or his elder um you know, it's a, it's a, it, it, he's talking about, well, well, he references it with, with a tomorrow that's never promised and a life that's never guaranteed. It's your time to do your best and to shine your best and brightest light because that's, you get one shot. Yeah. Um, and, and, it, and, and, and also like towards the end, you kind of get this idea too, that he's not just illustrating it as like, this is what your direct mother is telling you or promoting you, or this is what you should find in yourself. But he also kind of rounds it off again to this community of saying, you know, almost like if it's not just for you, I mean, for your people, for the ones before you or for the ones after you, it's it's you're you're shining with purpose um, and you, you, you need to move with purpose. Um, and I don't know, it's a it's an invigorating song to me, you know, and, no, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I definitely think like the kind of the end of the second verse like all this is again kind of his love for hip-hop and why he's doing this album and what he's sort of putting into it um and it's kind of like like you were saying so that he could shine his light because that's kind of the task or the call that he's been given from his mom and his dad. And yeah. um, he mentions that even in love, you know, he's like, I took the love that they had to make me and now I'm putting it into this. And that's kind of like also an extension of shining his light and putting it out there. Um, but then just at the end, like he gets 
kind of into the realities of what being an artist, you know, means. Like it's hard. Yeah, it's getting like discouraged. I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I don't want to, you know, be out here trying to show this and be judged in any sort of way or whatever. Um, but you know, I'm still given this call to shine your light. Um, his mom is actually like, well, was his manager might still be his manager. Hmm. Um, she actually has like a book with like a workbook and it's like a whole kind of like thing to get, um, I guess like inner city kids involved in their futures and oh, wow. kind of like doing all that, but it's called shine your light. Like the oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't know that. after, but <laughs> sure. Wow. But the song is kind of like, <clears throat> maybe their kind of mantra way they talk in their family, you know? Yeah. Um, but what's also kind of funny is like, she's like Baptist, oh, like Christian and his dad was Muslim. Oh, are they divorced? Um, I think they're separated. Oh, okay. I don't, know. Um, I don't know if they were married, but um, yeah. So it's kind of like, it's just hmm. funny. Like she, he is closer, I would think, to his mother, but then he's also like taking a different cultural <laughs> yeah, route yeah. path in that. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just kind of an interesting huh. layer to to all that. Um, it's an interesting man. So to call him you know, like call her by a Muslim kind of invitation. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> <Huh>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and who knows? Maybe there's familiarity on her side or yeah. who knows? But yeah. <clears throat> well, cause even like when he did the name change, what was that? 2010, like officially or yeah. out there. Yeah. Even, I mean, Talib Kweli was like, I mean, I still call him Dante. Like, it's hard for me to get mm. out of that. Yeah, from Dante Smith to something. Else. They were like nine or like ten. Yeah, when, when they, they started first met, just hanging around in the the block or whatever. Um, no, but I I do like this song, and he can. I mean, he can like actually sing. Yeah, with like Kanye, you're kind of like oh, okay, or some of these guys it's <laughs> get like, the auto tune in. Yeah, even like Jay Z has some where he like kind of but you know jay-z does it jokingly like he's doing it like i'm singing executing like, this yeah is my song i'm singing yeah. this track um which is also funny why will i am is on there because he kind of does the same thing later on mm, i guess was... at that time it was like black eyed peas and that might have been bubbling well like sure the original version of black eyed peas yeah before they got fergie and fergie. a super or whatever but yeah, well, and the, and the other the other piece of work, um, because of like the the jazz beat, um, and like the kind of the spoken word approach and stuff, you know, it almost get, gives me that same kind of feeling of like, um, like uh, I'm trying to think of one one of the songs that really like like think I'll call it morning or something from like Pieces of a Man, mm. where it's like just mainly because of that jazz beat, you yeah, know, the doing beat. the spoken word over that jazz beat just brings back those themes to my head of like, of like that you know, social awareness and the, the, um, just like, you know, just like a very pure expressive mode of being like, this is, you know, this is important. And like, I don't know, it just, it, it really captures, a, 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 a an expressive piece of, of something important to him. Um, just like in, in pieces of a man that, you know, he would dissect a, a certain part of his life and, and really open up about it. This is a more, you know, familiar, familiar approach to his drive, you know, and it's just such a, I don't know, again, like that, 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 the beat along with his execution is just, it, 
it's it's just, it's very convincing. <laughs> I mean, he very yeah. he 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 nails the. I, I assume that kind of vibe he was going for that he he envisions. You know, it's like when I when I you know it's like when you think of someone who really in, invokes confidence in you or invokes life in you, and you're like, man, that person just makes me think of you know cool jazz music or you know it's just like i don't know because I, I can think about those people you know it's like there's certain people that i know like in my musical career like when i interact with this guy it's like if i put your vibe to a musical tone you know it'd be like a a, a crazy psychedelic rock song or like <laughs> yeah. if i listen if i wanted to talk to this person this is how i would kind of define your persona you know and that's what i feel like this kind of does it, it embodies like that energy that he feels when he is in that confident approach uh, to his family and to his parents of like yeah i, I want to be yeah. seen but then but yeah. you got well then you got rock and roll and then he just throws that all <gasps> rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man so we're uh we're already like an hour and a half in so i think this should be a two-parter for sure because we haven't even gotten to the we haven't gotten to the the deepest of the deep <laughs> but yeah Part two is going to have some uh, some bangers. If you're not uh, familiar with this album, um, definitely check it out. But the some of my favorite tracks on this next one, I mean, number one is going to be one of my favorite, New World Water. That's a terrific song. Uh, Rock and Roll, uh, Know That, which features Talib Kweli. Uh, you got Black Star Reunion, uh, Brooklyn, Habitat, uh, Mathematics. My God, second half is just as killer. So looking forward to it. Uh, anything you got else, Mr. Scott? Save it for round two. Awesome. Well, till <laughs> next time, most definitely. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, visit our website, musicmythpodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Goodbye. <laughs>